the game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. And welcome everyone to the fifth quarter. Eddie Pascal here with my pal Jason Fitz, and we're going to break down everything from the Raiders' 34-24 win over the division rival Denver Broncos. And Fitz, to say it was a funky, unique week, I think would be probably the biggest <laughs> understatement in the sports world this year. So let's just go to the beginning of the day. Let's start here. Coming in to this afternoon, as we record this at about 5.30 Pacific time, what were your expectations for, for this team today? I felt like, you know, I was talking to one of my buddies at ESPN and he asked me, take your fan hat off and tell me what you think is real for this team. And I said, it goes one of two ways. It either falls apart and you find out that this is just too much. And and I would say that's true for anybody in this situation. If you work for a company and that company goes through massive managerial change, how many people rightfully so, whether you're making spreadsheets or widgets are looking around and saying, is my job safe? Right. So it was either going to go that way or you were going to see a galvanized version of the Raiders that looked incredibly focused. And if you'd asked me this morning with a little truth serum, I would have told you that I probably felt like it was more likely to go the wrong way because that's what we've seen so much over the last 18 years. But, you know, the, the what we saw today from the team, I think was the exact opposite of that. And it was the other portion of it. It was that galvanized strength. We got each other. We're good. Like it felt like there was a freedom watching them play of just knowing they're playing football, not having to answer answer all these other questions. No, and I'm with you. I think on, on a very human side of things, I mean, for the 53 guys on that roster, it must have just felt good to go play football after everything that's happened. Just that chance to literally go do your job and, and focus on, you know, converting third and seven instead of having to deal with all the stuff that's happened off the field the past week. But man, I'm, I'm, for me, the big thing that I, I was focused on coming into this game, and, and it's, you know, it's crucial every week, specifically, or especially for this team, but this week in particular, I was curious, will this team start fast? Can they put some points up on the board early? Can they play with the lead for really what it feels like the first time in all of 2021? And they did. They put points up on that very first possession. They marched down the field, touchdown. And for me, Fitz, that really kind of set the tone for what this team was going to be throughout the entire afternoon. So, Eddie, you are recently married. You're an adult at this point. Have you gotten to that stage in adult life where you decide you're going to spend too much money on a really comfy mattress? Like, has that happened yet in life? Not, some things, yeah. I haven't, I haven't done the mattress. The mattress, and okay. look, it, funny enough, the mattress is something that, that my wife and I are, are very, we have very opposing views on. So we'll leave the mattress out of this because I've, yeah, gotten, no, but- I've gotten in trouble with the mattress fits. You're speaking to every married couple right there. But but there's this moment, and, and I say all that because – there's a moment where you realize in life that sometimes you just need the most important things to be the most comfortable things to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I've always said that Derek Carr is a quarterback that works the most confidently when he's comfortable. And what we saw today, and, and my biggest curiosity in that first drive, can they start fast, was was Carr going to look comfortable? And we've talked before about how when he gets to the line of scrimmage early and he's looking left and right and he's moving everybody around and he has a real sense of where things are going, you can feel that, right? Well, you could feel that early in this game. And frankly, you could feel that the Broncos didn't really know what was coming. And the chess match of coordinator versus coordinator, Olsen was winning in the beginning because they didn't know whether it was run or pass by formation. Like, it was actually the the little nuance of it's slightly differently called than we're used to, and it's also called in a comfortable way to car that made them hugely successful out of the gates. 
I mean, you talk about Derek's line fits. He goes 18 of 27, 341 yards, two touchdowns with a QB rating of 134.4. I mean, the man from Jump Street was very much in control of this offense. There was not, and I think that there's kind of a natural, a natural feeling coming into a game like this. Like, all right, how really in sync are Derek and Ole going to be? Yes, they've worked together for a long time. Yes, Ole has called the plays, but it's, it's been a hot minute, right? But, I mean, give credit to Derek, give credit to Ole, because, I mean, they started off this game going 100 miles an hour in the best way possible, and they did not let their foot off the gas, and they looked as in, I mean, it looked like they've been doing it for years. Yeah, well, and part of that comes back to the thing we talk about every single week. Like, we should we should have our own little, like, uh, fine jar for the number of times we talk about the offensive line. How comfortable were they going to be, too? Like, it felt like the offensive line was a little simplified today in a good way. Like, there was less pulling. There was less all, all of the little nuances that have put some guys out of, out of position. There was less of that. Now, I don't know if that's because Carr was comfortable or because Olsen was calling the game different or they made some change to Cable in the way he's working things with them communication-wise. But we saw less out-of-position offensive linemen early in this game, too, which gave Carr the time he needed to actually make the plays that we needed him to play make. Yeah, and look, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. And I tweeted out during the game. I was like, man, I miss seeing this version of the Raiders' offense because we've seen it at times in 2021. Right? We've seen it kind of for bits and spurts, but we saw it for a full 60 minutes today. You talk about the creativity, especially on third down. I feel like Ole was just completely in the matrix, specifically on third down, keeping this defense, the Denver defense off balance you know putting his guys in position to succeed and just letting it rip and do for me I was like yeah let's do it I, I kind of joked that they had that one third and 17 late in the game I was like just do it Oli let's go let's go five wide let it rip I know there's really no reason to do it but come on man let's get wild and, and do it it was a lot of fun we did see some of the let it rip though I mean we saw let it rip yeah. to, to Henry Ruggs who I, I mean full transparency for everybody listening like Eddie and I are also buddies we're texting during the game right like I text you, we're watching the development of rugs in front of our eyes. Like the guy comes down every single week with a tough catch, not just a, he's a burner that got open. It's a tough catch. And he had a couple of them in this game where there, you could make any excuse for why guy wasn't coming down with him. And he did. We saw a, a tough catch and throw from Edwards. We saw a willingness from Carr to push the ball downfield. But part of that came from the fact that he had the extra time he needed to come downfield. Like there was, there was this combination of winning the one-on-ones. Like I felt like the receivers were winning the one-on-ones on the outside, which let Carr off of his back foot, just fling it. He flung it in a really good way. And the offensive line was giving him just enough time. Like the difference between the way this Raiders offensive line was playing. And for example, the Broncos offensive line was playing was the difference in this game. I mean, I think the one thing you hit the nail on the head there fits is Derek's willingness to do that. And look, we have talked a lot. You and I, just the, the fan base in general, have talked a lot about wanting Derek to attack, to go deep, to really, in, you know, kind of impart his will on an opposing defense. And we saw that today. And we saw that from the very first drive. And Derek, you know, I'm sure you've noticed this too all, in all the years that you've watched him. But there's these times where Derek just comes out of the gate. And, and I wish I had something better than he's got a different kind of look in his eye. But you felt that today when you're like, oh, this is like, he's in like full DC, let's go to work mode. And he was confident. He was poised. He was stepping up. Like you said, the offensive line gave him just enough time to do what he needed to do. But we saw this today, Fitz, is the best version of Derek Carr. I'm not going to say this is the best game he's ever had. But the version of Derek that we saw today was the best version of Derek. Well, and, you know, you mentioned that gleam and desire, that control. And, and control is just such a big thing to me in an offense. And, you know, a couple of things that we saw. Number one, I'll go back to the Jets game a couple of years ago in New York. I was there. I went 
I drove down from Connecticut, all excited. I'm sitting up there. ESPN hooked me up with the ESPN New York suite access. Had this 11-year-old Jets fan that was trash-talking me the whole time. But I'm sitting there, and I get there early, and I'm standing out in the sort of the edge watching car warm up. And it wasn't good. I mean, every ball was sailing a little high. Like, nothing looked easy. Nothing looked natural. Nothing looked controlled. And I remember at the time tweeting, this doesn't look good. And then the Raiders got just unexplainably blown out in that game. I do think that some days you've got it, whatever it is, and some days you don't. And the difference between the absolute greatest of all time is there's less of those days that you don't, right? But for for your point to Carr, like, I felt like not only did it feel like Carr was in control, but it felt like the team had such a locked-in unison to how they were doing things. That was really interesting. Like, pre-snap, we didn't see as much chaos. Pre-snap, we didn't see the 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 play clock, the, uh, play clock getting down to 4-3-2 three, three, and everybody scrambling. Like, it just felt like, and I, I don't know if they gave more control to Carr or what, but he felt coming up to the line like he knew exactly how to communicate what was happening. And when everybody communicates well on a football team, good or bad, you will win like that. That's such a huge part that we don't talk enough about in the game. And I think that Derek and look, he, he'll never say this and, and he shouldn't. But I, I do wonder, like he's got he had to have known coming into today where he's like, yo, I got to I got to be on today. Like just for the sake of this team, just for the sake of this organization, like I got to be the best version of number four and give him credit because he 100 percent was. And, and, you know, he talk about how much Derek likes to spread the wealth around, how much he loves to get his receivers involved, which historically speaking, I think is one of the best things about Derek Carr. But he really got one of the guys involved today that we haven't seen in a while. It was the Kenyon Drake game. We got two touchdowns from Kenyon Drake. Like Kenyon Drake, it's nice to see you, brother. I missed you. And it's fantastic to see you out there doing your thing. Yeah, and I thought what was nice, because you and I, a couple of weeks ago, were, you know, we were waiting for this moment, right? We talked about needing to see that mm-hmm. breakthrough moment. Not only did Kenyon have a couple of nice runs, he had a couple of nice fits out of the backfield, right? And and really pretty passes from Carr, but there's just such a level of, I'm going to throw it up and trust my guy to make the play there. And Drake absolutely did. Like, when you can minimize what you need from Josh Jacobs and still get production out of the running game, that's such a win. And that even late in the game, as the Raiders were trying to control the clock, like that can be done partially running the ball. That can be done partially throwing the ball. And I thought they did a nice balance of that. Drake being huge was a big, in the game where Hunter Renfro uh, wasn't as big of a part of it as we've seen sometimes in the game where Waller had moments, but it felt like they were just keying on those two guys having other people come out, find the mismatch and exploit it. Man, that's great offense. I, I mean, look, we, and we talked about it a bunch, kind of that one, two punch with Kenyon and, and Josh Jacobs and, and there was that one drive this afternoon, Fitz, where we literally saw it to perfection the way that I think we've all kind of been envisioning it all year is Josh has the nice, I think it was 28-yard scamper, that little little pitch and catch from him and Derek, and then Kenyon just runs it in. I'm looking at the notes here. That was a, give me a two-second, 18-yard run for Kenyon Drake. And that's what it was supposed to be, Fitz. Like, when coming into the season, I think all of us were sitting around being like, this is what it's supposed to be. And we finally saw it today, and it was so nice. It was such a, a refreshing kind of change of pace to see him involved in the game that way. And I think that we saw today, like, look, like you, to your point, if you can limit what you need from Josh, because it is a long season, and now with that, especially with that 17th game, if you can limit what you're going to get from Josh and you can get Kenny involved, I mean, this is a very, very tough offense to stop. I don't care who you are. I mean, you start looking at it, and let's compare it to the best offense we're all used to seeing as fans. That's the Chiefs constantly, right? And how do the Chiefs beat you? The Chiefs beat you by deciding that week in and week out they're going to beat you however they want to. So one week it might be with Tyreek. 
one white one week it might be with Kelsey, but we also saw early, especially last year, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire was suddenly a rock star name to everybody. Why? Because when you have to focus so much attention other places, you can have success. And and I mean that's what we're seeing. Like when you see Rugs make the catches he's making, at some point corners are going to have to decide. All right, are we going to let Rugs beat us or are we going to let Waller beat us? And if we're going to try and shut both of those down, which is nearly impossible. If you start to get that level of production out of the backfield from Kenyon Drake, catching balls too, like uh, that that's when your offense becomes sort of a microcosm of what the Rams have. Now, one thing I think is really interesting to me is play calling from Greg Olson because what we're not sure of, and I, I, one game is not going to be in, indicative of, of the full season, but how aggressive they're going to be on fourth and short. We've seen, you know, in the past, fourth and short was a go for it situation. Today, not necessarily the same. Also, fourth quarter, you got a lead. How aggressive are you willing to stay? Like that's those are the things because I thought today there was a time where they could have shut it down and they elected not to. So you know I, I'm really interested to see what that identity of this offense becomes. You know and and look in the past there have been moments and we've seen them we all know them where the Raiders do have a lead and the offense kind of it feels like it becomes like offense light right the the risk taking isn't there and it really kind of feels like we're, all right boys let's shut it down let's run the ball three times straight at the gut let's not do anything silly and while that works sometimes admittedly it doesn't work all the time and I know that it's one thing that we've heard from fans a lot is like hey let's let's keep our foot on the on the gas let's really finish this game and I know that the score of today's game is a little deceptive in that way a 10-point win but really it, it wasn't that close it, it felt like to me but to your point it felt like the offense stayed aggressive and if you're a fan that's what you wanted to see there are so many things about today's game and the end result is the most important thing but there are so many just kind of moments and themes from today's game that we've been begging to see for a long time. And the fact that it all came together, it came together in a moment when this team, when this organization really needed a W, I mean, it's it's awesome, man. I wish I had a better word, but it's, it is awesome. If the Raiders get their butts kicked today, the conversation tomorrow oh, it's tough. is the it's season's tough. over and everything's done. And, and then players got to start answering to that. All of those things have to happen. One of the things that I think is really interesting and – you know, God knows, uh, I, I certainly don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You you don't, you have better access, but, you know, it's hard for us to know how these guys are communicating behind closed doors. But one thing that I really felt today watching the team on the field is that strength was there to take care of weakness. And we don't always see that. And, and today, and I, on both sides of the ball, because we've talked a lot about the offense too, but let's acknowledge that the defensive line came out today yes. ready to absolutely – destroy the Broncos and there were opportunities in the first half particularly where guys were open in the secondary big plays were there to be had and because the defensive line played so incredibly well those plays just couldn't connect I'm not even putting that on Bridgewater as much as I am putting that credit to the Raiders defensive line and it felt like it took a second for the secondary to calm down a little bit in this game but it wasn't an issue because the D-line was in the backfield the entire time. But when you see that, it just feels from the outside looking in like such a, this is what this team needs to save this season, and I'm going to be the one that does it moment from strength. I, I thought that was an inspiring part of the Raiders. I, I agree with you 100%. And, like, look, let's be honest. You never want to say, I, I'm a big believer in no game is a must win unless it's an elimination game. But this, to me, felt as close to a must win as you can have on October 17th. Because I think you're 100% right, Fitz, where if things don't go our way today, the change, or excuse me, the narrative, the story of this team changes in a very big way, a very noticeable way. But now, as crazy as it is, and you and I were joking before we started rolling, this might be the most unique way to get to four and two. But the Raiders are four and two, tied for the division lead, 
And it's the it's kind of the, the you know the phrase we heard all week. Everything is ahead of us. We still have a lot of football to play. And for this team, for your 2021 Las Vegas Raiders, everything that they want is still ahead of them. And four and two. Like, let's let yeah. that soak in for a yeah. second. Like, four and two, given this schedule, given what everybody thought coming into the year, I mean, four and two would, would have been hard for any of us to predict. But when you're sitting at four and two in this situation, one, one buddy that used to be a beat writer told me years ago, in every locker room, there comes a moment when, it's, when a season goes off the rails. There comes a moment where it becomes less about us and more about me. So you start to see people within a locker room on bad football teams or on conflicted football teams. Eventually, everybody starts looking out for themselves. So you'll hear players asking about coaches and coaches asking about players with the media. There's that moment. If the Raiders lose today, it's really easy to fall into that moment quickly because of everything that they're going to have to be answering you know, day in and day out anyway. Coming in with the win what that does for their ability to say, hey, the ship is righted. Like, everything's going to be okay as long as we do our jobs is such a simple concept. Like, do your job is such a simple concept. But when everything's hitting the fan, it's hard to do that. Today was a great indication of like, hey, if we focus on just this, we're going to be just fine. And that's a truly, like, tip of the hat moment for some of the veteran leaders on this team, for uh, the way the interim coaching staff was able to put it together like that. That hits hard for where this team is going this season. 100%. And I think the fact that they won is crucial, right? But it's how they won, too. I mean, like, look, the score, I said a minute ago, the score at the end of the game is a little deceptive because the Raiders, from the first play of the game, were the better team today. And it was not even close. There were a lot of portions of that game where you're like, this it's, it's, feels like varsity against JV. And, and look, we talked about that sustained pressure on defense, and I think that's you know a big reason for that. But, man, I mean... The fact that they were able to, like you said, kind of right the ship to, to kind of re, I don't want to say re-energize, but to kind of refocus their attention and say, hey, look, we're a 4-2 and two football team. We are a good football team. Objectively speaking, this is a good football team. Man, it's going to be a lot of fun these next couple months. And, and we touched on that, that sustained pressure a little bit, Fitz, but our man Max Crosby, just again, after a, I don't want to say he was dormant the past couple weeks, but to come out and be like, hey, three sacks, I'm going to be everywhere in this defensive backfield, look, acknowledging my bias. I am one of the biggest Max Crosby guys out there. But at some point, we have to start acknowledging that Max is now in the upper echelon of defensive ends in the NFL, don't we? Yeah, and that that already should have happened. I think we put too much emphasis in the sack stat and sure. not enough in the quarterback pressures, quarterback hurries. If you look at those, Max is absolutely, and, and look, the pro football focus grades at certain position can be a little bit difficult you know do they really know who was on what but when it comes to grading linemen that's a pretty easy assignment for a bunch of guys like you look at some of those metrics max is absolutely otherworldly like he's one of the guys to me no matter what happens for the future over the next years one of the things that this organization has to do is just lock up max because you need to show the world that you are going to pay for somebody that deserves like it's there's just that that point for fans and you know as much as we can talk about some of the problems with the pass rush over the last few years max and yannick is special like you just i am enjoying it and we talked about it one of our last shows together but every single week now we are watching the interior of this defensive line no matter who's active and who isn't come in and get after the quarterback and like what we're it seems like they're just not even talking about on the tv side is that's happening because you have to put everybody you have on the edges to try and stop Max and to try and stop Yannick. Like, your running back doesn't have a chance at chipping up the middle. So if your guys in the gut can get after the quarterback at all, this is a recipe for disaster for other teams. I mean, I am 
I'm stunned by how great this defensive line is playing. And, man, it's a bunch of young guys that are going to be able to contribute for a long time doing it. It's fun. Yeah, and it's a lot of guys, to your point, right? And we heard all offseason. We heard it all through training camp. Gus Bradley's going to rotate guys in. He's going to rotate in. A lot of guys are going to eat. And, man, through six weeks, it is fantastic. I mean, it is working to a T. Gus, whatever you're doing, baby, don't mix it up. Don't change a thing because you are cooking right now, sir. But I looked at uh, Max's hits while you were talking. Five quarterbacks hits, and let's also add in a pass defense, too, just for good measure. Like, the man is incredibly active. And the fact that now we are, we are getting to see Max do this week after week after week. I mean, look, the guy's playing out of his mind right now. He just is. Yeah, I think by the end of the year, he has a real shot to be one of those guys that they're talking about. I don't think he will be because, of you know, we can all admit what Diggs is doing in, in Dallas. Yeah, but incredible. I think I think that, that at the end of the day, Max has a shot to start being seen in that elite defensive player of the year sort of category if he continues up this level of pressure. Also, though, we got to say, and, and like you and I have talked about him a million times too, but Perryman, like, I mean, go to the second level. Like, you just, you got guys that aren't, wasting steps like what we saw out of this defense was a great pass rush we saw linebackers that were in good position Littleton had a couple of coverage moments but we saw them overall in good position and then we saw a secondary they got a bunch of turnovers for a bunch of young guys that need those turnovers to like just get that sense of like uh, Marin getting that that pick is a big like I'm having a great year and this supports that moment like those are the tip of the hat check winning games and getting and growing in the same process Let's let's talk about the secondary. I'm glad you perfectly segued me into this, Fitz. Honest question, when Brandon Faison had that pick, did you have the who reaction like all of us did? Oh, yeah. I had two reactions to that. One, he should have dropped the pick because it would have helped the field position, sure. which is such a nerdy <laughs> thing for me to say there. Let him eat, realized, Fitz. That, Let him eat. That makes me the worst. I was like, I am the worst. Bah humbug, Fitz. Like, yeah, I know. And then I looked at it and I was like, my God, like, face, really? And th- none of us saw that coming. And kudos to the coaching staff. Yes. Because whether it's a bad day, whether it's just trajectory, we don't know yet. But Amik was having a tough day in coverage. And at some point, you want to let guys work through it, but you also got to look at it and say, man, I can't let you work through that right now. And there are so many guys, Casey Hayward, uh, you know, I wish we could figure out the weekly cramps, but Casey Hayward is such an amazing year he's having. And, you know, uh, Nate Hobbs, I feel like I'm, I'm going to become the, the head of the Nate Hobbs fan club here. Like those, the, those guys don't make mistakes. So all that other corner has to do is just not jack it up. And this defense is really good. And they got better than that uh, out of Faceham, which I did not see coming at all. No, certainly not. I think we all collectively had that that moment where we see the number on the back of the jersey and I'm immediately going to the roster. I was like, who, who, who is this? Oh, is this the guy we signed like 10 days ago? Like, oh, good for you. And and it's just, and it also speaks to the fact that this team has had so much turnover in the secondary these past couple weeks, right? Where you're like, okay, who's up this week? Who's down? Like, right, we're pulling guys up from the practice squad. We're rocking and rolling. But credit to Gus Bradley and that, and that group, man, for getting these guys ready to go. And I have to say, I, I know that it's technically against the rules fit, but they should have given Nate Hobbs that interception, right? Oh, my God. They should have yeah, just that. I mean, like, give him some sort of a tick for, like, at least make a, a new category that's, like, amazing play. Yeah. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start championing that. And you're right. And by the way, while we're crediting on that because we're in such a happy mood, uh, also credit to Mike Mayock. I mean, at the end of the day, we've now seen how many guys that have come in and made a difference on this team 10 days after they were signed. That takes a pro scouting department and a GM that has a laundry list of guys that they know can learn this system and terminology quickly that have either worked with Gusser in, in a similar type of system. Like you got to have that 
on speed dial and ready to sell somebody to come play for you, knowing that you need them right away. Like that's, that's a special moment for a GM right now that is going to have more eyeballs than most GMs will have the job done the rest of the year. Tip of the hat to the job he's doing right now. Absolutely. I mean, just, and to go back to even the start of the week, the the way that Mike really kind of set the tone for everything that was going to happen really for this week and the rest of the season, I thought was fantastic. And, and I tweeted and it really is a credit to Mike that every time he talks, he has this really unique ability, Fitz, where he seems to find the perfect tone for the moment, for the situation, uh, whether it's like a, a, a celebration, jubilation type tone, if it's a very serious tone, it's a, if it's a tone that is incredibly unique because of what happened this week, he seems to 100% of the time just find the perfect words with the perfect delivery at the perfect time to get whatever his message across is. And he did it again this week, man. So a huge week to Mayock and uh, congratulations on the win and really everything leading into it. Yeah. I I think one of the things they smartly pointed out for anybody that was watching on TV is that this week we're focused so much on the players, but at, at the end of the day, everybody that's in that building is looking right now around saying, what's the future. And so at the end of the day, as much we talk about what happens on the field, everybody that's inside the facility has got to find a way to calm the waters, right the ship, do all of those things, right? I, I think today when you see the tone and the overall sort of confidence that came from everybody, and we've seen that from Mayock throughout, like I do think that there's a really important moment happening behind the scenes also for what that means for everybody that's looking around saying, okay, where are things headed? Like this is a real chance to show that stability exists beyond one person for this organization. And we talk about that stability and we talk about kind of riding the ship and, and kind of just having the tone of like, hey, everything's going to be okay. So a huge shout out to Rich Basaccia too, man. I mean, a guy put in, to say he was put in a unique situation, I think is also a huge understatement. But the fact that he was able to do his thing this week, that he was able to get these players in a space mentally and physically where they're able to go out and do their thing against a division rival on the road. I mean, what a cool moment for him. I, th- I think we saw during his opening press conference how much this opportunity means to him. And the fact that he was able to go out on the road in a tough environment and half his team kicks some ass, man. I mean, good for you, Rich. Very, very well deserved. And I and I told you during, you know, earlier this week where I was like, I'm a huge fan of Basacha personally, and I'm stoked that he's getting this opportunity. But man, what a what a great moment. And you, you saw on the telecast his family was there, his daughters were there, his wife. Like, what a just a special kind of moment in time for him. And I think smartly pointed out too, with three coaches on this staff that have been head coaches before, could have been easy to pull one of them up and ask more of them. I think they did a really smart thing in letting people continue to focus on what's going well and then having Rich step up. And the other part of it, I, I mean, I jokingly tweeted uh, that the head coach was going to have to talk to the yeah. special teams coach after that that field goal miss. But uh, it's not lost on me, too, that he is wearing both of those hats also, which is which is a lot, you know. So I, I think the ability to line everybody up and get everybody sort of on the same page and then not have a bunch of special teams mistakes also speaks to what's happening right now. So, I, I mean, this is the the first step uh, towards a ton of momentum. I, I, I know we, we're not usually looking ahead much, but the Eagles are next, right? And it's a beatable Eagles team. And so if you're the Raiders, you suddenly got to sit here thinking, man, four and two, where we didn't think four and two was possible. And can we get to five and two? Like, we get to five and two, and then we're, we're, we're suddenly looking at the bye. Like, things are going to feel different around here if everybody looks at It's not just... It's not just winning the games, it's how you win the games. And that is such a huge part of the statement today and such a huge part of what's lost when people talk about previous years and the meltdown. Like, let's let's go back to the college football term, the eye test. Like, the eye test of this Raiders t- team today 
uh, they passed it with flying colors. No, no doubt about that. And, and you talk about, I mean, just two teams headed now in different directions where, you know, a month ago or a couple of weeks ago, right, the Raiders and the Broncos were both 3-0. and The Raiders are now 4-2. and The Broncos are now 3-3. and and you saw during the talk, as they brought it up a bunch, where there was the bickering on the sidelines, people are talking about play calls, and look, at 3-3, three and three, your season is not over. Like, let's not get that twisted. Your season is not over at 3-3. Three and three. But the tone and tenor of a 3-3 three and three team, and especially you talk about the eye test, looking the way that they look today is a lot different compared to your 4-2 and two jubilant Las Vegas Raiders. Well, and look at the division as a whole. Like, what did we see over the course of today, right? Like, the Kansas City Chiefs don't look right. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been the, I think the captain of the Kansas City Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC for a long time. And then you keep watching Buffalo and then you watch how difficult everything looks for Kansas City. Like things do not look right for them right now. The Broncos look like they're falling apart. Like this is that moment for the organization here to sort of separate ourselves. Like for the Raiders to come in and say, hey, four and two feels a lot better than three and three. Four and two when you're playing well feels a lot better than three and three when you're not. And and frankly, you got to look at the Raiders now and start to have what we all wanted to have this year, which is. How does this team stack up against the rest of the AFC playoff-wise? And they play like they played today. They stack up against anybody. I mean, that, that's that's just facts. If the line holds up, the offensive line holds up the way it did today, even with the Leatherwood penalty, they are oh, still going to be great. Yeah, I, I agree. With, I agree with you, man. Like, and it's not a secret. It's not you know, you and I are not breaking any news in this sense. But for almost any team in the NFL, and the Raiders fall into this category, fits. It's going to come down to that offensive line. Can you give Derek? enough time to cook and you said it perfectly earlier today they gave him just enough time and that's all he needs though just give him just enough time and I think you have to feel confident about what this offense is doing the defense is playing incredible right now and all of a sudden Fitz you start looking at the at the stars in the sky everything seems to be aligning and we got a long way to go but man today was a huge day for this team it was a huge win it was a huge moment and I'm excited dude and it feels so much better feels good to talk about a win for the first time in a couple weeks, doesn't it? I would only say this to anybody that's out there, because so many Raiders fans, and I, I won't just say Raiders fans, so many fans, sports fans in general, are waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, that's just part of sport fandom, right? So, like, I've got a bunch of buddies that are Georgia football fans and college football, and they won't even talk about the good that's happening, because they're like, oh, you know, Georgia football always breaks our heart. Like, so many fans are waiting for the other shoe to drop. All I would say is bring the same energy to a win today, that you would have brought to a loss because the energy around a loss at the national media level, at the local media level, at, at, at the fandom level, the energy around a loss would have been epic tomorrow. Is the Raiders season completely over would be the absolute reaction from everybody. So if we're going to do that to one side, I'm just saying bring it to the other side because this wasn't a lucky win. This was maybe the most dominant win I think the most dominant win they've had this year. And oh, 100%. Most, 100% I year, mean, yeah. the most dominant win they've had in a little bit. Like, it was a different vibe today. And so I'm just bringing that same energy of positivity that we would to the other side. Yeah, that's all we can do, right? We can just, look, I was telling I was telling my man Ray earlier, like a few weeks ago, I said, when we were, I think we were 3-0 at the time, I told him, I was like, look, dude, enjoy these moments because you don't know how quickly they can go. You got to enjoy every single second of a win, right? Because it sucks when you lose, you bask in that, you feel it, it weighs on you. But when you have fantastic moments like today, when you have, you know, not only even on the field, but just the fact of what today meant for this team, for Rich Bisaccia, for this organization, and you have a moment like this, you have got to enjoy every single second of it. You have to savor it. You have to bask in it. You have to do everything 
because we have seen how quickly everything can change. But today is uh, is not one of those cases for your Raiders, is it, Fitz? No, no. I mean, and going to four and two, like I said, with the Eagles and then the Giants, right? So, like, the next couple of games, yeah. it's dangerous to play the schedule game. I mean, I played it before the season, and I thought they'd lose some games they didn't, right? So, it's always dangerous. But if you look at this and say, hey, where's this team going? They have two winnable games in front of them, which is an amazing spot to be in at four and two coming off of what they've come off. The question is, can they sustain this? I think for me, if I see next week, if we see this same level of focus, then it tells you that like the Jedi mind trick has worked and this, that's who this team is going to be the rest of the year. Yeah. I will a thousand percent buy into that. If there's a drop off, then we knew that this was one week and they just survived one week of this, but either way today, I think there, there's not a single negative takeaway to me in my mind to what we saw. And you talk about those winnable games too, Fitz, but perhaps most importantly, squeezed in between those winnable games is the bye week for this team to have a chance to get healthy. Because look, and look, they're not they're not unique in this sense, but this is a Raiders team that is banged up and could certainly use an extra seven days for guys to get their body right down the stretch. I mean, we just take for granted the fact that the number two and three corners are gone right now, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's just, Trayvon is somebody I really believe in, and I like to see him back on the field, right? So, you know, I, I just keep looking at, at that portion of it. Health, ugh, that that will be such a huge change to this team for the back half of the season. Yeah, and it's going to be huge, and we're going to talk about it all. We have so much to get into, Fitz. The sky is, well, the sky's not blue right now because it's getting kind of dark outside, but the proverbial sky is blue. You know, everything, the sun is shining, all that good stuff because your Las Vegas Raiders are 4-2, and two, and we are just going to ride this wave as long as we can, brother. So, for Eddie Pascal, my man Jason Fitz, Ray on the ones and twos, Alexandra, and everyone else in the control room who helps us out, and everyone at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us on our way outfits by the way i like your uh, i like your quarter zip it looks just like mine so the people that are going to watch this on on the youtube they'll see that we're matching today it's kind of nice matching outfits like we're starting a boy band it, it, we got two of the five we just need three other like i'm obviously the bad boy so you know we just gotta <laughs> figure out who the others are uh, if you're if you're the bad boy we got a lot of work to do man we got a oh, lot of work fair. to do that's if you're the bad boy of this group but we'll figure it out we got 11 weeks to figure it out Fitz. we have enough time so we'll see you guys <laughs> next next week uh, who do we play Fitz? the eagles right the eagles at home eagles. eagles at home and we'll catch you guys for another or excuse me our next episode of the fifth quarter thank you for listening to the fifth quarter presented by twitch Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app and we'll see you next week.